Testament. May 26th, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 27. I, Jesus, am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father and remain in His love. I have told you this so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you servants, because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends, since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for, using my name. I command you to love each other. When the world hates you, remember it hated me before it hated you. The world would love you if you belonged to it, but you don't. I chose you to come out of the world, and so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. The people of the world will hate you because you belong to me, for they don't know God who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me hates my Father too. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be counted guilty. But as it is, they saw all that I did and yet hated both of us, me and my Father. This has fulfilled what the Scriptures said. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the Counselor, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will tell you all about me. And you must also tell others about me because you have been with me from the beginning. The problem uh, it wasn't with the Mormon church, it, it was really with me. And it wasn't that the rules and the structure and, and all that was bad for me. 
I just didn't like that. I didn't want to be told what, what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. I felt like I was, I was, you know, being forced or driven to have to adhere to certain regulations or certain standards uh, that I hadn't chosen for myself to live by. As David got older, he became angry. He was trapped in a world he hated. And it grew into to just outer rebellion. So there was such an emptiness and such a void um, in my life that I began to turn to things that, that I thought would make me look cool to other people and, and help me to fit in with certain other crowds. He turned to pot and cocaine, and that soon led to meth. It is a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual war uh, with meth addiction. And I was literally losing my mind. Uh, I mean, I was in a war. Now he was trapped in another world, and once again, he struggled to get out. Most addicts would just rather stay sick and addicted than they would go through the sickness of getting clean. And, and that was me, you know, and it just digressed. The more you used, the more you had to have. That cycle of addiction continued for 10 years. Even as he was destroying his life, he felt God's unrelenting pursuit. I believe that God was pursuing me. God's always been pursuing me, uh, but I've always pushed him away. David went to jail for nine months for possession of marijuana while out on bond. There, he met several men who told him about forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. I began to read uh, the Bible and I didn't understand a thing. I didn't understand nothing in the Bible. It didn't make sense to me. Um, so I asked God to, to send me something that I could understand. You know, and, and I was just real specific with God, and it was just between me and Him. I didn't share it with anybody else. I said, God, I said, if you are real, give me a comic book version of the Bible. And, and, and I was just real, I mean, real serious about that, you know? And, and one day at lunchtime through the bean hole, the, the little hole they send the trays in, the food, came flying a little comic book version of the Bible, landed right at my feet. You know, I, I hadn't told anybody about it but God, so when I looked down and seen that, I, I just had to say, okay. <laughs> I believe you're real. While that convinced David that God was real, he went back to his old ways after his release. One night, one of his drug buddies, Travis, overdosed on heroin. David had a choice to make. I could throw away the heroin that I had in my pocket and go in and help my friend, or I could keep the heroin that I had and leave him there and possibly die. And, and the sad thing is, is that I chose to leave him there. A day later, he calls me and, and I said, man, brother, I said, I'm so sorry that, that I did what I did to you last night. And he said, he said, you know what? He said, it's cool. He said, because I'd done the same thing to you. And that just shook me to my core because not only had I become like that, that everybody in that culture was the same way. We all only thought of ourselves, and we all only cared about ourselves. And at that moment, I mean, that just moved something in me that I, I said to Travis, I said, you know what? He, said, he, he asked me the next question was, do you need any dope? I said, no, Travis, I'm done. I kicked the heroin habit uh, and it was horrible. But he was still empty, still searching, still hungry for something more. Four months later, he decided once again to pick up a Bible. Something came up behind me and just kind of just wrapped its arms around me and just consumed me. 
I just began to cry. I just began to sob. I was so sorry. And I mean, I was really, truly, for the first time, really repentant for the hurt that I'd caused other people. It wasn't, God, I'm sorry that my life's a mess. It was, God, I'm sorry that everybody around me's life's a mess because of me. And I need you. And uh, he changed me. That night, David gave his life to Christ. He's been drug-free for over 15 years. He and his wife Joy also opened Heaven Neve, a recovery ministry for men. David knows God has brought him a long way, but he also knows he's a work in progress. Learning how to be compassionate, uh, merciful and loving, um, caring, uh, has been a, a long, hard road for me because I was such a hard man. But at the same time, God uses that, that hardness that I had uh, to be able to deal with men that are just like I was. <laughs> I mean, who, who else to be able to understand what they're going through and what they're thinking than someone that was just like them? For me and for my life, and, and I think for most, it, God says to us, I'm not so worried about changing your circumstances, I'm more concerned about changing you.